0: turn the screen number 651. Hide thou me. Be E flat if we could please. God bless you saints. Good morning. Welcome to the house of the Lord. I trust you're all going to be abundantly blessed this morning. If you come expecting, you'll never leave disappointed. Amen. I had this song going through my mind this morning and it's one of my favorite old hymns. So let's go ahead and sing this together. Hide thou me. Oh, sometimes I feel discouraged worthy of all of our praise this morning, saints. Amen. I'm going to ask the brothers if they would just come forward and prepare for the morning offering. We're just going to go to prayer at this time. Brother Gabriel Florent, could I ask you to come, please, if you would, open the service for us in a word of prayer. We do want to continue to remember little brother Ezekiel, Sister Violet Law's grandson. He has a bone marrow transplant coming up. We're just praying that all would go well, that the Lord would use that, and then he would continue to be with the family and strengthen them and speak to them during this time. I know we have many unwritten prayer requests, many that are in need of a touch this morning. Amen. Let's just continue to remember those who are in need of healing in our midst. Many names we could mention, but we know that we all have burdens on our hearts. Amen. But God answers prayer. I saw the quote yesterday. Many of you see the quote of the day. It was that quote where Brother Bradham said, God heals through prayer. He heals through love. He heals through music, through understanding, through the word. God heals. Amen. Can we just all say that together? God heals. Do you believe that? Amen. Brother Gabriel, would you come please and open the service for us with that confession on our lips this morning?
1: Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're just so thankful, oh God, to be in your house once again, oh God, just to be able to lift up our voices and give you praise, oh Father. Lord, for we know that you're in the praise of of your people, oh Jesus, so we just want to magnify your name, oh God. We want to give you glory, oh Father. We want to give you praise, oh Father. For you are worthy, oh God, of all the praise, oh God. You're worthy of our worship, oh God. You're worthy, oh God, for you have done so much, oh Father, in our midst, oh Father. You've touched so many lives, oh Father. You've brought us to where we need to be, O God. You've redeemed us, O God. You've reconciled us back to yourself, O Father. And we give you glory, O God. We give you praise, O Father. Lord, for if we don't lift up our voice, O God, the rocks will cry out, O God. So we want to worship you, O God. We want to praise your name, O Father. You are worthy, O Father. We know you're in our midst, O Father. Lord God, you have come to do exceedingly and abundantly, oh God. Beyond what we could ever ask or think, oh Father. So we go, oh God, we want to bring these needs, oh God, before your throne, oh God. We think of, oh God, little Ezekiel, oh God. Lord, may you go to him even now, oh Father. May you raise him up for your glory, oh Father. We're tired of the devil, oh God, trying to afflict these little ones, oh Father. May, oh God, you restore every cell that needs to be restored, oh God. May you, oh God, breathe life into his little body, oh Father and raise them up for your glory, oh Father. That we'd hear the testimony oh God come from sister Violet oh God that oh god where the doctors have failed where they've seen that science has been hasn't been able oh god to touch him oh father that you the great physician has come down oh father and put his your hands on his life o oh father and raise them up o oh father Lord Jesus that you would be high and lifted up that you'd be praised o oh father we also think oh god of Noah motley Lord Jesus oh God would you go to him even now oh god may oh god the seizure stop oh father Father, Lord Jesus, may that demon of epilepsy, oh Father, be driven from him, oh God. May you vanquish, oh God, the enemy, Lord Jesus, that we'd be able to praise your name, oh God, and give you glory, oh Father. For we know it's already done, O oh Father. For by your word, oh God, you have spoken it, oh God. The blood has been applied, oh Father, and the healing has been paid, oh God, on Calvary, O oh Father. So, oh God, help us to walk, oh God, in your promises, oh Father. Knowing, oh God, that you are the one that has touched him, oh Father. And even now oh God you can go to him oh Father. Oh God and give him strength in his body Lord Jesus. Oh God many needs oh God are in the body Lord Jesus. Oh God we think of sister Rebecca's father Lord Jesus at this time oh Father may you continue to strengthen him in his body Lord Jesus. As we've brought this need oh God before oh God the the brothers oh Father we we, Lord, just, just want to continue to lift them up in prayer, oh God. May you continue to strengthen them, oh Father. May the doctors continue to be baffled, oh Father, by, oh God, the, the, the strength, oh God, that you've given them, oh Father. Lord, we just pray, oh God. As a word, oh God, is about to be spoken to us this morning, oh Jesus. May our hearts be open to receive, oh God, all that it is that you have for us, oh Father. Oh God, may whatever you choose to impart unto each one, O oh God, may we, oh God, hide it in our hearts, oh Father, and may it be watered, oh God, that it may be growing, oh God, within us, oh Father, that it may not just be today, it may not just be Wednesday, oh God, but through the week, oh God, we'll be overcomers, oh Father, by your word, oh Father, as we heard, oh Father, to overcome, Lord jesus we need to keep life in oh father so help us lord jesus where we fail oh jesus lord may you take over lord jesus for we cannot do this without you oh god we cannot walk this walk without you oh god so give us strength oh father to overcome the enemy lord jesus in our daily lives oh father that you oh god may be manifested in each one oh father we commit this service into your hands oh father have your way lord jesus breathe over your people O oh father consume us oh god by your heavenly spirit O oh father we love you, Lord Jesus. We ask all these things in your precious name for our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: Amen. You may have your seats as we just take up the morning offering. Can we sing that song? I just want to thank you, Lord, for letting me hear your word. Brother Michael, is your special? Ready for us? Amen. Why don't you come at this time and get ready then as we sing this? Amen. We'll sing the verse one. If can. You didn't have to open my eyes. You could have been.
2: The day before yesterday, they crucified my Lord, beat him unmercifully, nailed him to a tree, the sky drew dark. crucified the Son of God. Why didn't we recognize the Son of God was here today? We had known him before the Lord had come and gone. Today, a friend. And- Vanish we had no
0: Thank you, Brother Michael. Aren't you glad you've recognized the mighty God is here today? He's the same God. Amen. Brother Jerome, are you ready to sing for us? Sister Rachel, Sister Jessica, why don't you go ahead and come at this time. Let's just sing that chorus. The same God that spoke to the woman at the well. Is the same God that's living in me as they come. Oh, the same God who spoke to Same dog. Brother Jerome, Sister Rachel, Sister Jessica. Amen. We have a constant in our lives. Amen. As Brother Tom's gonna come, let's just sing together. Chain breaker, if you've got pain, he's a pain taker. Maybe we can start with that first verse. If you've been walking. Hey, let's do an uh, F. If you've been walking the same old.
3: Hallelujah! Can you testify of that this morning? Amen. He's taken the pain away. He's taken the sin away. He's taken the hole in your heart away. And he's filled it with his presence this morning. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we've enjoyed every special. Each one so special. And now, Lord, we've enjoyed the singing, the songs of Zion. But now we're coming to you, the author and finisher of our faith to come and open the book to us once again. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit would say to the church. Lord, let each one of us take something, a nugget within our own hearts, saying, feed my soul, meet my need, drive back the devil in my life, give me victory in the Holy Ghost, fill me with your Spirit, Lord. Deliver me from these things that just seem to hang on. Lord, we know that you're a mighty deliverer, and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. How many were delivered Wednesday night? Come on, lift up your hands. Why don't you just show the Lord Jesus, all right, what God did for you on Wednesday night. Listen, saints, I don't want you to pick up what you you gave up. Just let it go. Don't come to church with the same old thoughts and the same old. Amen. Amen. A tremendous, wonderful service. Thank you, Brother Murphy. Thank you very much. We appreciate men of God that God's given us within the assembly. And we appreciate the burden of the word of the Lord. And we're just thankful for every gift that God's given us within the church. And we're thankful for you, because without you, we would not have a church. And so we're thankful for the the gems of God that you are, each and every one of you. I think we've been a miss over the last little while and Sister Mary, I know you sneak in and you sneak out and you sneak in and you sneak out and we never really get to acknowledge you. Sister Mary, just wave your hand like this. You are you are you're at home. Is that your sister Ellen King? White must be in the family. I I see the genetics in my own family. Look out. <laughs> It's coming. So God bless you, Brother West, Sister Diane. Nice to see you here. Amen. I, I, I want to give the Lord a... a listen, I'm not going to let no devil or government or anyone take credit for what's going to happen at the border. It's none other than the power of God that is loosening our people to be free from that crazy border. Amen. Hallelujah. I remember when we started, the the brothers started the COVID and uh, we had prayer meetings, and and that was right on the top of the list. Destroy that thing. Well, God does not forget our prayers. And God is destroying it. And, oh, yeah, Trudeau says he can. And, you know, Biden says forget them. Amen. God is a God that turns the hearts of men and women. In power, And we're thankful for what the Lord Jesus is doing. I got a couple of announcements, so why don't you have your seats if you don't mind. So if you want to take a note down here, um, the church is going to have a camp, a picnic at Mount Baker Camp October 1st. There will be a church picnic at the camp. It will be a relaxed day to enjoy time together while there's still sunshine. We're going to take everything we get and we don't have 105, Wes. It's nice, cool, 72. <laughs> and no humidity for those that are from back east. That's true. So we're going to enjoy one another. October, that's Saturday, October the 1st. Everyone, please bring your own picnic lunch. And if you want to stay longer for dinner, bring that too. Uh, just depending on how long you want to stay. And those that have RVs are welcome to come Thursday night or Friday RV spots are open Friday will being a holiday for some in Canada we want to make available and for this opportunity this is open to everyone especially all vaccinated arrive canned rules are to be removed on Friday September 30th glory amen. yes <laughs> amen he's the right one to thank Any questions, contact Brother Michael or Brother Jeff directly. Also on Thanksgiving, uh, can you imagine we're up to Thanksgiving? Canada's shortly, but this is for the U.S. Thanksgiving weekend. Um, They're planning at the camp a dinner as last year, potluck dinner. And Sister Abigail and Sister Julie Woman will be the people to contact. The camp will be open to stay in the cabins through that weekend. It's a first-come first, first come basis, so if you want a certain cabin for your family, you better sign up real quickly. I take Cooper. Beat ya. <laughs> All the Rays can stay in Cooper. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. It'll be open. It'll be open. Well, praise the Lord. We're so happy and thankful. Brother Tim is away. He's at, a, I believe, it's a men's meeting with Brother Barry Coffee back east. And to be back this week, we'll be speaking on Wednesday. Um, we have a visitor, Brother uh, Jose. Why don't you please stand up, please? Brother Diaz, yes. yes, and he's come all the way from Montreal. Montreal, and he's visiting us, and he's scoping us out. <laughs> so we're scoping you too, buddy. <laughs> nice to have you here. God bless you. Amen. Amen. It's wonderful when brothers can come. We uh, um. There's different ones that have been moving in, and I, I don't know exactly when they come, they go, and they sit and they're there. And I think they're visiting now. They're here, so we're just welcome each and every one of you this morning in the presence of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, that's it for the for the announcements. We're just looking forward to what God's going to be doing and keep on doing. Nice to see the whole Robinson clan just lined up right there. That's just, that looks lovely. Sister Rebecca, we've been praying much for dad. And we're so happy for the victories that God gives us. When it just looks at darkest, looks at the darkest of times, that's when Jesus comes on the scene. And uh, we're just believing for a complete deliverance and healing for dad. Amen. He's the, he's the pain taker. He's the way maker. And we're thankful for his presence. So without any further delay, Robert, nice to see you here. You've been sneaking in and out. And it's nice to have you. God bless you. Let's stand to our feet. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. <clears throat> Amen. All right, Hebrews chapter 11, a powerful uh, chapter we've been looking at for, for myself for the last few weeks, if not months, and we took out of uh, Joseph and his life and how that he made reference by faith. I uh, talked regarding the parting of Israel and the gave commandments regarding his bones. So we, we say it's the faith chapter, but we want to go down now and, and verse 33 says, who through faith subdued kingdoms? wrought. Righteousness, obtain promises, stop the mouths of lions. So Paul was giving us names as we started throughout the chapter, and, and I think over the years I've, I've used it. I think Brother Murphy's used it. Different ones have said, by faith, Tom, or by faith, Gil, or by faith, Michael. You have to put your name in there. And so, of course, they couldn't put all the names there, and Paul is writing them down very quickly in verse 32. But it says here uh, again that through faith they subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained faith, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, and out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in the fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Uh, even though, you know, as Paul and the prophet has taught us and we're in perfect strength, in perfect weakness... It's our weakness. It's not us doing the battle. It's the mighty God that goes before us that is doing the fighting. And we realize in every one of these cases that he's the victor. So then, if you're putting your name there, by faith, there's got to be something in you that's driving you, saying, by faith, I'm conquering Laodicea. By faith, I'm conquering the perversion that is around me on a daily basis. By faith, I'm not getting swallowed up in the economics and politics of this life. By faith, I put Satan yes. under my feet. Yes. So now we're, we start to understand that there are not a bunch of a weak-kneed, moss-back, denominational Christian. We are sons and daughters of God. And now we're coming to a time where we absolutely know who we are. We say rapture's on us. Then if rapture's on us, tell me where's the sons and daughters of God? I want to let you know right now there's one standing right here. And I want the devil to know right now there's a people standing right there that I am a son and a daughter of God purchased by the blood of the Lamb. Women received their dead, raised to life again. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Sounds like real men and women of God. Has it changed? Never. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if she is in him, If she is in him, and we've come from him, then she's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't get quiet on me, because we're finding out exactly who we are in Christ. We're not just coming to church, we're finding who we are in the word. Jesus knew who he was, took the book, opened the book, found the place that it was written And said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. I want you to know, saints, there's another people on the face of the earth right now that can open their Bible, look at the scripture, and say, this day, this scripture is being fulfilled in your ears. Who is that people? I am that people. Oh yeah! But I just want a nice little church, and I just want you know everything to go fine. And Brother Tom just preached just one hour, please. No screaming, no yelling. Just take it easy, and we'll be fine. And we'll be out of here and have a nice lunch. You're at the wrong church. Amen. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, saints. This word's alive to me. And I am not what I was 46 years ago. I don't have to talk about what I did 45 years ago, 30 years ago when God was in my life or 20 years ago when God's in my life. I can look to Wednesday night and I can say, God was in my life on Wednesday night. God was in your life right there. Delivering you, setting you free. So I believe that he's a living savior. Amen. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. My goodness. Sounds like a real, a real fun time. As Brother Ed said one time, a quotable quote, who said this is fun? They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins, goatskins, being destitute, Afflicted and tormented, you say, brother Tom, the economy might go sideways. I might have nothing. Well, just find yourself in the scripture. You can open the book. You can put your finger in the book and say, this day that scripture is being fulfilled in my life. Don't have any fear. Perfect love, cast out what all fear. Oh, brother, this is going to happen. This going to listen, saints of God. God has never been a beggar. Never. He's never seen his seed begging bread. He's not a beggar. He's a conqueror. Amen. Amen. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in desert and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. They didn't have air conditioning, air pumps, air conditioned cars. We all do, most of us. Did you, who got on their donkey and came to church this morning? Anybody here? Got your camel parked outside? Two hump or one hump? Now we say four-cylinder, six-cylinder, eight-cylinder. Of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in desert and in mountains and in dens and the caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, Receive not the promise. Look at verse 40, and that's where I'd like to take this little service this morning. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Let's read it one more time, let's read it together. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may have your seats. I like to speak on a little subject. I'll break into it. I don't believe we'll have time to cover it, and so then in the next little while we'll do parts and parts and some parts and some... We think are parts that are not parts, but they're all part of the one big plan. So, uh, I'd like you also now turn, please, to Philippi- uh, the uh, Philippines. The Philippines. Philippines. I'm going to the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Come on, brains. Slow down. I was just talking to Brother Leon about the Philippines. We'll be going there at the end of October, first yeah, of November. So... Philippians 4, verse 19. That they without us should not be made perfect for God having provided a better thing for us. My Jesus knows just what I need. My Jesus knows just what I need. Now, sometimes we have to come down to where we live, come down to where the pedal hits the metal. And sometimes we have to just slow down and realize that this message is more than just saying we believe William Branham is a prophet. We need to understand what the prophet brought, and that was the word of God, which was the perfect word. For that which is perfect is now come. When we are children, when we became man, we put away childish things. And so now we're going to look at the word maturely this morning. And I want you to put your mature hats on. Philippians 4 and 19 says, But my God shall supply some of your needs. Let's close our Bible, have a word of prayer, and we'll go home. You got the message. Who said all? All. I got one hand. You can hold them up. Who said all? Okay. So you must be Bible readers. And some of you, even without your Bible open, you knew exactly what the Scripture says. But my God, so you can say my God, God. shall supply all my needs according to this riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Powerful. Simple. People, some people said, well, Brother Tom, we need a simple gospel. Well, that's simple, but powerful. Another translation says, and God will liberally supply. He will liberally supply, fill until full. Your every need, according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. May God fill all your needs this morning, not just this morning, today, tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the next day. When we preach and we hear such wonderful words as we did on Wednesday, they are not words that we hear for Wednesday and forget Thursday. These are messages that I believe that are come from the throne of grace, whoever ministers, and so then we understand then the spirit of Jesus Christ or the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. We are not coming to times, as you would say, as the world would class, that are going to be easy. I dislike reading The Economist. Well, some of you might read Time Magazine or whatever. I don't even know. Do they even make that thing anymore? I don't know. I guess that's just us old guys might find one at a newsstand or something. But so the in the Economist or in the economy or the economists that make their make all their predictions of where we're going, it would seem that it would be a little bit of a doom and gloom. Because they like to let it out a little bit at a time. The economy is on a little bit of a downturn. <laughs> okay, well, it's only a little bit. It's not a big bit. It's just a little bit. And then the next time you hear it, it well, it's going to be more than what we thought. It's more than a little bit. Oh, it's more than a little bit, but it's not, a, it's, it's not crashing. And then the next one, you say, it's going to be bigger than we thought. <laughs> is that good news or bad news? Well, to some people that have such a dependency on this economy, they're wondering how are they going to pay their taxes? Who knows? You might be dwelling in caves and dens again. Oh, you might be looking for that donkey. Oh, yeah, this is a great service. This is great service. Yeah, we might be. Why, yeah, uh, who, who knows where it's going? Who cares? Who cares? Because as we have preached and we believe that the message in itself is what has been given to a bride to conquer Satan in whatever circumstance that the bride finds herself in. So it's not just a casual message we're believing. It's a substance message. It's a word message. It's a life message. A lot of people don't even know what their needs are. And so then I wrote down, what's my need? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Because remember, we're living in an age where they had need of nothing. And because of that, God spewed them out of their mouths. But the only thing that I really have need of this morning is the one they pushed out the door, is the one I want in my life. What is my need? Jesus Christ. What is Jesus Christ? The Word. What is your need this morning? A need for revelation of who Christ is. A need for a revelation of who you are in Christ. A revelation or a need to know the hour I am personally living in. But we want the good old days back. The good old days. Will somebody please give me a definition of good old days? I, I would really like to know. What's the good old days? The cowboy days? When you're walking down with six shooters and blowing people's brains out? You looked at them wrong? Kapoo me. Good old days. They still had sin. They just didn't have email to tell you about the sin. They didn't have the texting to let you know that 50,000 people got murdered. But now today... It circles the globe in seconds. And you find out, whether it be Chicago, St. Louis, Los Angeles, Phoenix, it doesn't matter what city, murder after murder after murder after murder is being committed. And the only reason we know is because we have access to so much media. The olden days... You're lucky to get the paper in the morning if you had the province or in the afternoon if you had the sun and you found out what was happening. The good old days were as sinful as they are now. And God knew in his great provision how bad these... Somebody's going to go back. If time should tarry, they're going to call this the good old days. That's a scary thought. I want you to think about it. If time tears, you say, this was the good old days. They say, that was the good old days? No. It's only in Christ you're going to have a good day. Good day. Morally corrupt and bankrupt. And God knew this age was going to be morally perverted and bankrupt. And so God had to send a message so that we could actually put on a right thought and how to actually think right thoughts and not think what we think that thought is. And how adamant a prophet was to say, say what I said. And I took that little example a few weeks ago of that little Finnish girl, and he had an interpreter, and he said to the interpreter, just say what I say. Don't add anything to it because it's already done. So God is going to have a victorious bride. That's, all, that's a matter of uh, a promise. But the only way... You and I are going to conquer the age that we are living in. I am sorry to say, and yet I'm happy to say, there's only one source. Is this message. And people might not like that. They say, well, stay with the Bible. What do you think the message is? Now they start equating. You say, well, you say the message has got the Bible. Are you equating it? Saints, you wouldn't even know what the Bible meant without this message. It's not it's not an assumption it's a fact. The fact is there's thousands of churches today that have this that have no clue what this is. But it took a prophet to tell you what the Bible means. So God is a God of the present. He's not a God of the past. He's not a God of your mommy and daddy. Just then, I'm just just letting you know, you cannot look, well, look what God did for my mom and dad 20 years ago. I must be okay. He's got to be a God that is personal now to you individually. So he's a now God. He's a present God. And God has a way in the now to meet what you're going to meet in the future. Because God is a God of the past, present, and future. So then if you say, well, Brother Tom, I want to know God now. The God now knows what you're going to go through tomorrow or this afternoon. So then if you say, Lord, meet me now, It means he will meet you in the present and he will meet you going forward. So you say, you've got the idea that the now is now. (laughs) But God, he sees the now and the now and the next now. So every step is now to God. Are you getting that? So if you got God now, You'll have him now, and now, and now. You didn't leave him there because that was past. Did everybody get that? So every step you take, he's the God of the now. So you say, Lord, I need you now. Well, then he's going to meet your need now. And in your next step now, and in your next step, now. That's what the Greek means. So a lot of times we, we get our minds caught up, of course, with the English and the vernacular now, but now means now, and now in front of now. <laughs> I hope, I'm just sort of having a little play on words here. I hope you stay with me. So it means then whatever's before you and as you move forward and in front of you in God is now. Amen. So we say right now. Okay, right now is right now. But right now, as I said, right now is already past. Is everybody getting this? I mean, it's not really complicated, okay? So whatever... Time, as time goes on, the moment we move on, it's past. So as soon as we make one step forward or say one statement, we're already going on to the next statement. That last statement was already in the past. The seconds have ticked. The minutes have passed. And so then we, when we say, I need to know him now, it's just not now. It's now, 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 now. Amen. So it's not say, well, I met him on Wednesday night now. But if it was now, it's now. If it was then, it's still now. <laughs> I don't even want to get into them. So God... I'm trying to make the point is it doesn't matter when it's now or a second or a minute or an hour from now. If God is now in your life, he will always be in your life. But the problem of it is some people think they have God now and have left him in the past and never move forward. Because if you've got him, You always got him. You can't lose him. And that's where deception comes in our understanding of God. We can always look back and say, Well, I met him a year ago and I knew him then. But if you knew him then, you know him now. Because he's the God of the now, he's the God of the present. So now, in the Greek means present. That means he's the one that goes before you or in front of you. And he reaches and outstretches himself to set him before you so that before you get to that next step, he's there. Amen. Right. Hmm. So now God has provided some better thing for you. I want you to start thinking about that. What is my need now? Because if he meets the need, and, I, and I, I'm sorry for making reference to Wednesday, because a lot of times, different ones come up, And I've been here for 47 some odd years. And we pray for somebody. And yes, I got it, Brother Tom. I know I got it now. But within a year, it's not now. I've got the same need as I had a year ago. But if it was really met then, It's meant now. Is everybody, I'm going slow here. Normally, you know, I go a little bit faster than this. Does everybody get that? We want to see the God of the present. Because if you've got him in the present, you'll have him in the future as you had him in the past. We say, how great is our God? Well, before you even go through your trial, he knows you're going to go through that trial. And he knows you're going to need him in that trial. But we look, and society frames it to psychologists, social workers. And they look at people that can try and help you in the now so that you'll be better in the future. Now you tell me how man can do that. The only way you can get deliverance for the future is get it now. Brother Murphy made this statement. He said, you could put cigarettes there. You could put poos there. Is that right, Brother Murphy? You could put drugs there. And there is nothing that would draw you to it. Because in the past, which was the now then, God delivered him and took the desire away. So the God then is the same God now. And so I wonder whether Brother Murphy's ever going to have a problem with it. Well, how could he? If God did it then, and he does it now, he does it in the future. So I I don't want our children to start thinking, well, I can get a deliverance on a certain service, but I'm going to battle it down the road. I want them to know if you get delivered now, you'll be delivered forever. I want to move it a little bit faster because I don't want you falling asleep on my slowness because it's very important that we don't just come to church to come to church we come to church to meet God of the now to deal with him now so that in the future you have a deliverance not only now but tomorrow and the next year that you can say he's changing me from glory to glory he's changing me because the things I used to do I don't do them no more And then as the refiner's hammer starts hitting us, the impurities come to the surface. And you say, God, take that out of my life. But people don't like the hammer. Well, if you want the gold to shine, what do you got to do? Ooh, that's a hard word, isn't it? You got to beat it. Sometimes the word of God hammers us pretty straight between the eyes. But God knows what we need then to make us what we are now. So God has provided a message, not just for the present now, but for a change that is coming. So if he's changing you now, it's going to continue to change you. Every step that you move, are are, are you getting that now? Because we're going into a body change. We're going into a rupture. And we're moving into that promise. For in that day, when the Son of Man is revealed, and if you want to look it up, you look it up yourself. You can do it on the internet. You can look it up in the word search. Search. You can look it up what the prophet said in the revealing of the word himself. So you say, well, I want to see God. I want to see God unveiled. Well, then let me ask you, do you have a diet for the message? Do you have a hunger to feed on the body word of the son of man? Because that word is going to meet your need now. And if it's going to meet your, word, your need now, it's going to need, meet it forever. So far with me? I take it very slow. I'm still on the first couple lines, okay? So we just, I just, because you know what, saints of God, I don't want, especially for our young people, I don't want them confused with the issue. You just go up. Get prayed for, weep a little, go back to the pew. Come up, weep a little, go back, get prayed for, go back to your pew. Saints, I look at it this way. If I got delivered and the word spoke to me and I committed it to him and you're the supplier of all my need, then that need was met and I never have to deal with it again. That's the problem. We're not desperate enough to say, God, I'm laying it down. I don't want it anymore. Yeah. So then when we do, and you've picked it back up, it's like I say at the camps after camp after camp. They say, well, that was a very emotional camp. I said, it's emotion if you go back the way you were. It's right. God If you're never the same again. And to me, that's very, very important. Very important, Saints. Can you turn to 1 John? 1 John chapter 3. Because we're going to talk about the now, right now. Not the then, not the past. Not the future, but now. Before I read it, before I read it, Brother Branham started in 1950 to 1965, time and time again, time again. And he makes the exclamation, now we are the sons of God. Now Let's read it. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, John now writing, you can take the book. You can put your finger on this phrase. Beloved, now we are the sons of God of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall make himself manifest, or it says appear there, but when he makes himself manifest, or when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, do you want to put that to the future or do you want to put it now? Now. I'm going to ask everybody the same question. Do you want to put it to the future or do you want to put it to the present? Now. Now. I want you to say to the devil, now, Now. whether you're a daughter or a son, I'm a son of the living God. When is this going to happen? Well, we say, well, if you want to take a look at the Greek, you can say it when he's apocalypto, or you want to say he's fan or what or you want to say at his personal presence. I mean, these are all terms that have been used for 30, 40 years. But there is a time, which is now, where Brother Bram says not will be, but now. We are the sons and daughters of God. I took Brother Courtney very serious on prayer night. I took it very serious. You said, well, he's a relative. No, he's more than a relative. He's blood relation. He's, and you think blood relationship is blood. I'm talking blood Calvary. Yes. And I said, Lord, if I can't touch the hem of your garment, maybe someone here... Maybe someone could just touch your hem to raise up that Son of God. And then we see it and we just say, "Well, praise the Lord, Brother he is God heal. Saints, that is the power of prayer. That is the power of God. That's a present I am. Don't look to the future, look to the now. God can do anything. Oh, my wife, she's been so backslidden so long. Why don't you put her in her place? You say, well, what do you mean? You're going to go to her and say, you better serve God. No, put her in her place right beside you. Put your husband in her place right beside you. Put your children in their place right beside you. Who else is going to do it? Come on, sons of God. We've been going slow, but we're just going to put up the meter a little bit higher now. Too relaxed in a relaxed age. We become too common in a common age. Felix, God bless you. We didn't acknowledge you. Brother Felix, this is who I'm talking about, who moved from Montreal and is now a part of our church. Just wave your hand, just like that. We want to welcome Brother Felix to our assembly. God bless you, Brother Felix. <laughs> But we need now to take God at his promise that's pertinent to our situation. Because everybody sitting here has their own personal need. Period. And there's only one that's going to meet that need. It's if you want it. You say, well, Brother Tom... He's my provider. Of course he's your provider. What do you think Jehovah Jireh is all about? The Lord God, my provider. But as Brother Murphy preached years ago, I have touched on it myself. It's not only a God that provides, but he's a God that sees to provide. So when he sees you going through what you're going through, he's already provided your answer. It did not catch God by surprise when sin came in the garden. There was a lamb already slain before the foundation of the world. It didn't catch God by surprise that the widows path didn't have any water. But God had already provided a prophet. God knew you needed Malachi 4. Amen. He's already provided. He's already laying in the scripture. Behold, what manner of love hath God bestowed upon you? The love of God that he personally bestowed upon you that we should be called the sons of God. But the world didn't even know the son of God. How are they going to know you as the son and daughter of God? They mock you. They look at you. You're foolish. Tom, you're crazy. My family think I am anyways or thought I am. Well, I think they still think I am. But I've been crazy for 40 some odd years. But then I get the odd, nice comment saying, whatever you're doing, you did right. Well, then do what I did. It sounds like Cain and Abel all over again. But God, in his grace, called us before the foundation of the world to be what we are today. So behold, what manner of love is this, that God chose you in him before the foundation of the world, Ephesians 1 and 4, that he previously marked you out in love and said, I'm going to have a Ryan Hayes here in the last hours of the closing time because a church at Cloverdale Bible Way is going to need that gift. Or can I say the ministers or deacons and trustees or elders and pillars, sisters and brothers. God knew what we needed. So now we are the sons of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But you had a prophet come on on the scene and he says now, not will be. It's now. You are a son and daughter of God. Now. You get that? Now. So then if whatever he did Brother Bram turns and says, she'll do the same. So now the responsibility is being turned to the bride, to you, and to me. Do we put up with what the devil has come onto our territory, or do we drive him away? It's your decision. I want to take the decision of, I want to drive Satan out of my life. This will be your decision. Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself. What's Paul saying? He's purifying himself, even as he is pure. Brother Bram said, and knoweth all things, it's in him eternal life. Now we are the sons of God. Not we will be. We are now. We got the now. Didn't we get the now? We are now. So now, saints of God, it thrilled my soul to see how the people moved on Wednesday. But I don't want it just to be a movement of a Wednesday service. I want it to be a movement of an everyday life. Not temporal. Do you remember the service? For it's in me eternal life. Now we are the sons of God. Not we will be. We are now. That's what the trouble of it is. People. You people that's born again. The people that call you holy rollers. Fanatic. Or some other thing like that. Because you're born again, and you let the devil kick you around like a football, stand on your ground. You're in Christ. You're not, you're in Christ. Absolutely, you're in Christ. Now, I want to ask you, saints, can you do all things? Amen. Why? Because you're in Christ. Now, we'll back up a bit. If you've got a shadow of the power of God in you, you've got power. To speak worlds into existence. Now you've heard that quote. I've read that quote since I started preaching in 1981. 1980. And ever-present water from the rock. Brother Bram said. You've got power in you. Even if it's the shadow of God. You've got enough power in you. To speak worlds into existence. But there's a law. That's holding you. Because you would speak and you would go. And we've got, God's got a plan for us to fulfill. So now, if you've got a shadow of the power, Jason, you've got power to do it. And I, just because we look at somebody and say, well, we have prayed for them and it didn't happen immediately. I don't believe in prayer anymore. Or it won't work this time. Or next time I get prayed for, it won't happen. You have just limited and put God in a box, EBA, by His stripes. Milko, I am healed. It's not limited. To what I see, it's limited to what I believe, and I believe all things are possible to them that believe. Hallelujah! I'm believing for your souls. I'm believing that Satan's bound. I'm believing we are a people victorious. I believe for the salvation of my sons, and God gave me my sons. Did I have to fight? Yes, I fought. Will you have to fight? Yes, you will. Will you cry? Yes, you will. But will God prevail? Yes, he did. You've got to mean business. What did Jesus say to Satan? Get behind me. Well, circumstances aren't right. Since when do we deal in faith with our circumstance? That is a lie of the devil. You take God at his word. I don't care about any circumstance. Oh, I just got to be stayed. I I can't clap and I can't be happy because I'm supposed to be this way. Lies, lies, lies. Lies, 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 lies. You go through the message. Brother Graham said, you should be joyous. You should be happy. You should rejoice in your salvation. Rejoice in your deliverance. Amen. Oh, we gotta be a quiet church. Since when we gotta be a quiet church. While the throw away, we'll be singing, we'll be shouting. You can't do that. I'd have to quit preaching. Now let's turn to ever-present water from the rock. Tom, you're twice dead. That's what I'd look at. Saints, if you got life, you got life. If you don't got life, you're deceived yourself if you think you got life when you have no life. Look at the power that is in the church. Here we go. The power. Can you can you I wonder where I'm going here? That's the power that is in the church. Oh, how did you know that quote? Because he is the God of the now. So the power is in the church now. But it's controlled by a law. And that law is keeping a bunch of commandments. It's a law of faith. Jesus said, all things are possible to them, but believe. But there is a law. That law is, hey, who wouldn't create a world? Hey, wait till you come to my world. It will be something. Every place that the soles of your feet can set upon, by faith, God gives it to you. So now we've taken Egypt, and we took Joseph, and we took the trials he went through. And he went from 17, betrayed by his brothers, thrown in a pit. Huh? Sold to Ishmaelites, nice brothers, huh? Taken to Egypt, sold upon first house. Are we having fun yet? But I'll tell you one thing: He held on to. God gave me a vision. God told me sheaves are going to bow, sun is going to bow, moon's going to bow, stars stars are going to bow. I got another vision. Satan, you're going to bow. Your imps are going to bow. Unbelief is going to bow. Demons are going to bow. Why? Because the Word says so. Don't think of it as a story, think of it as the present God. Now, now I get my healing. Now I get my deliverance. Now I'm free he'll meet all my needs because he foresees and because he foresees he provides and he knew I would live in a wicked age but he sent me Malachi 4 Amen. hallelujah and then let me can I take it farther I have before might as well take it again God sent me Malachi 4 you thought it was for you yes you and me but God sent me our pastor. Yes. Brother Ed Biscoll. Yes. Come to a little house. And we were a bunch of dummies with long hair. Thinking we were cool. Huh? But we saw something. We saw God in a people. Yes. So not only did God send me Malachi 4. God sent me a pastor called Ed Biskell. Then he gave me a dearest friend named Ken Ardeal. Huh? God knows how to provide. God knows what you need. I couldn't hardly stand him. Not him personally. I don't even know if Ken's here. Huh? But he kept on my case. He kept preaching to me. He kept telling me. Sunday, are you here? Glory. Amen. He kept telling me, get to church. Get to church. Get in the presence of God. Get in the presence of God. Till finally I said, I'm tired with you, Ken." I'm done. I said, listen, and why do I have to be born again? Tell me why I have to be born again. I said, the Pentecostals say I gotta be born again. Baptists say I gotta be born again. Everybody says I gotta be born again. But ye, nobody, you told me I have to be born, but why do I have to be born again? And Brother Ken, he's a very brilliant man, says to me, What haven't I told you? I said, I don't know, you haven't told me yet. He said, Didn't I ever tell you about serpent seed? So I said, serpent what? He says, you think it was a, an apple in the garden, don't you? I go, hmm, that's what everybody says. But he said, a prophet came. Yeah. Right. And as soon as he said prophet, my mind goes, prophet, 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 prophet. Hmm. And I said to Ken, I said, the only reason why I'm going to listen to you, I've watched you for a year and a half, and you haven't gotten weaker. You've gotten stronger. And because you've walked with Christ, tell me about this serpent seed. As soon as he gave me serpent seed, Brother Murphy, boom. I said, I'm lost. I'm born in sin. You know what he did? He got up and went out the door. I said, where are you going? He said, you figure it out. (laughs) That's a friend. But it did. And then all of a sudden I started to realize God knew in his great mind that God was going to have Malachi 4. And Malachi 4 was going to be for Tom Ray. That was going to be, deal with Ed Bisco. That's going to come through a little Cloverdale. And so God knew your need. And I want you to look around you. You need each one that is around you. Hallelujah. You need one another. Brother Bram said, oh, if this great church, holy church, only realized the power to do things. But there's so much doubt and fear and trembling, wondering if it will. Could it happen? As long as that exists, the church could never stand upright. So you know what we gotta do with that one, don't we? Boot it out the door. Wonder will if? Kick it out. Could it happen? Boot it out. Of course it'll happen. It wasn't man that said it, it was God that said it. And every talk of fear is vanished. When that is gone, the Holy Spirit will be completely in control of the church. What is one of the greatest enemies of the church? Fear. Fear. He said, get rid of fear out of your life, and the Holy Spirit will take complete control. I was thinking of you, Sister Eileen, and you think you're hiding yourself in the back, but you are not hidden. She is one sister that hates the devil. That true, Sister Eileen? And she's not afraid of him whatsoever because she stands on the word of the Lord. She has stood for herself, she has stood for her children. We all both had the same doctor. And Sister Eileen got the testimony. She goes to the doctor to find out what she's got problems with. And the doctor tells her what her problem is. She comes back and she says, "I'm totally healed." So she does that year after year and finally he says, "Mrs. Waldner, why do you even come to me?" I love that testimony. Drive out all fear. Because that will cause the church to have total control when all fear's gone. And the church then has power. And they have everything that heaven owns. Now, we are really going to do some real warfare this morning. You own everything heaven owns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I, all of you have some impossible situations, if not most of you. And we can go throughout scripture, about scripture, and you can just say, well, I've heard that, and I've heard that, and I've heard that. So I'm going to try and speed it up and say, well, forget about it the different ones throughout the scripture, how about you? How about you, by faith, conquering Satan in your own personal life? And everybody gets real quiet because now we're getting into personal life zones. We have some very deep, deep needs. But I want to let the devil know that this son of God believes what he preaches. And all that heaven owns is mine. And we are going to do warfare together to conquer your situation. Can I give you a couple of facts? Would it be all right if I gave some facts? Now that we're tapered down a bit here. How many people did Moses take out with him out of Egypt? Here's a question, pop question. I hear two. Well, Brother Bram says most times there's two million people came out of Egypt. And where did they go? They went through the Red Sea. Is that true? Well, I'm not trying to be a trick question. Surely it is a s- simple questions here. Don't be embarrassed. You're hiding like at school. Don't talk to me. <laughs> so Moses takes two million people out. They plunder Egypt. They take all their gold. They take whatever. Get out of here. They're so tired of them. So they go to the the Red Sea. And the Bible says that he didn't go by the way of the Philistines lest they go in the battle and they return back to Egypt. So God's a great general. He leads them away from the battle. He takes them to the Red Sea. And you got 2 million people standing on the bank, ready to cross. Don't have a clue what's going to happen. But we know what happens, right? What did he do? What? It's, I, I, I can't hear you. I mean, I'm getting a little bit hard of hearing here. What did he do? He did What? Oh, that got a little bit louder. Maybe in the back, Phil, you can tell me. What did he do? He parted the Red Sea. Is he the same yesterday? Today? Come on. And forever. Come on. If he parted the Red Sea for two million people, can't he part the Red Sea in your life? Yes. Yes, he can. He knew you're coming to the Red Sea. He knew he was going to blow with his breath. Thank you, Lord. How many have seen the Ten Commandments? Okay, I have. So you don't have to be too embarrassed. Brother Graham said, go see it if you want to. (laughs) I don't want to show anybody I saw the Ten Commandments. I saw the Ten Commandments. So now I'm going to give you some facts, okay? Is that okay? Moses led 2 million people. Let's just say 2 million people. They say it's plus, close to sometimes, some theologians think it's up to 3 million. To a desert, Wes, when's the last time you planted a garden in a desert? Never. Why? <laughs> it won't grow, right? But you've got 2, 3 million people that are going to go around and around and around for how many years, movie? 40 Around and around and around. So you got 2 million people that need food. Right? And we all know the story of the manna. Right. But you know, I, I don't know what your idea is because you've seen Cecil B. Mills. <laughs> Did you see these little snowflakes falling down? Or whatever it is, manna. But if you... Look up in the military, they have a chief military guy that does all the provisions for food, uh, a Christian man, and he's tried to put some statistics together. And he figured that since you had 2 million people, you needed 2,000 tons of food a day. I know you got to do the math in your head. I'll give you time to figure that one out. So then each day, because you're going to eat more than one time, maybe twice, go to the scripture, so you're going to need then four million pounds a day. To require that amount of food, it would take three freight trains a mile long. Did I say he's a provider? I mean, can you imagine two million people? I don't even know what the population from Vancouver out to here is. Maybe it's two million people. So all of Vancouver and all the way up to the valley here, two million people. I don't know what's, what we got. So they're in the desert. Let's, let's forget the manna. I'll get into more statistics later. Let's forget the manna. They need firewood to make fires. Tell me where the wood came from. Did they have fires? Well, you say it was the dung. Well, how much dung are you going to have? I don't know. But he figured that they needed some wood, so they figured out what the firewood to keep them warm at night in a cold desert. Each day they would need four tons or eight million pounds of wood. That would be a few freight trains, each a mile long, just for wood for a day. <laughs> I'm trying to show you if God can do this in a desert place. Of course, they need water. And we know that there wasn't any water in the desert, so there was a, there was a stone. Right? And if you look at the Renaissance picture, it's a little, it's a little spigot that comes out for 2 million people. <laughs> I'd hate to be the guy last in line. He'd be dead before he got to the front. So they needed enough water to drink, maybe wash a couple of utensils. So it would take 11 million gallons each day. Are we getting the picture? So what that water was coming out of the rock was 11 million gallons a day. This is sounding beautiful to me, even though I don't sound beautiful. So that would be then a freight train with tank cars 1,800 miles long every day. That's from B.C. to Mexico. Then another thing. Maybe you haven't thought of. I'm just helping you think. How did they get across the Red Sea? Well, if they went double file, the line would be 800 miles long. So they figured it would take 35 days, 800 miles long to get across if it was just double file. So they figured that when the Lord blew, he blew a hole in the Red Sea from Cloverdale to Langley. You talk about the blast from his nostrils. You talk about the breath of God. He not only opened that Red Sea, he dried out the ground and two million people went through, provided them water, gave them wood, gave them manna, God can give you anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. I don't care what devil has plagued you. You have the authority and you got heaven behind you. All that heaven is is with you. Then you cast that devil. Come on, you cast that devil. You're waiting for the ministry. You do it. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. Hallelujah. This is not just an exercise of knowledge. I want you to start exercising in your faith. They said one omar. So now I know I'll get fact checked. So I'll help you fact check me. One omar of manna for each family member. So one omar. Omar. Vessel. Holds 2.4 liters. In this case. That is a dry measurement. Has the capacity. But not directly equated to weight. So we don't know exactly the weight of manna. So let's put some assumptions. Assuming each person eats an average of one pound per day, that would require 1,000 tons each day for the whole group. One time. Are we getting the vastness of this? The vastness. You know, Cecil B. Mills has, li- has so limited your mind and my mind. When God is so vast... Food would have to be extremely, of course, it nourished them for 40 years. For one pound per person, would that be suffice? So he goes on to say, well, maybe two pounds because somebody eats like me. But remember the rabbi. Who remembers the rabbi? Remember? Some of you, some of you remember we had a rabbi Richmond here. And the rabbi said, when the manna fell and they picked it up to eat whatever you imagined, that's what it was. I, I thought that's that's oral law. You got to watch oral law; it can really vary, huh? If you thought turkey leg, it was a turkey leg, lamb shank, lamb shank, hmm? porter house, Porterhouse, porterhouse, and for you vegetarians, broccoli, <laughs> huh? Can you imagine? My God, rains down a thousand. What is it now? I, 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 it so blows my mind. A thousand tons of manna a day for the children of Israel. And you don't think God can take care of your need? You don't think that God can't meet your every desire? I will supply all your needs according to my riches in glory. Amen. So now, that God is not somewhere in the universe. That God is living in a people. Come on. And that God now is taking control of every situation. Because you had a witness of a mature son of God. Who stood before the people and said, I take every spirit under my control for the glory of God. Why? Because he yielded himself to God. It wasn't William Branham taking control. It was the God in William Branham that took control. Amen. Logan, every promise. Have you sung that chorus in your Sunday school? Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. Is that yours? Do you sing it? Do you believe it? I got joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. 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 Huh? Yeah. You might feel that way at school, but not in this school. Everything is yours. Every promise is yours. If he can provide for Israel food and nourishment to 200 tons of manna a day for 40 years. Think about it. Can I, I'll give you one more statistic and I'll move on. Because it helps to give you a mental picture of the, of the awesomeness of God. Let's just say in another way, that we've just showed up on the shores of North America and the American Indians were on the Great Plains. And there was two million of the native Indians on the plains. This gentleman went to say, how many bisons would it take to feed 2 million native Indians? They moved with the herd, and it was their staple food. But let's assume that each bison dressed out at 1,000 pounds. Anybody seen a, a bison? What do they call them now? Buffalo. Bison. They would have to consume four... Thousand buffaloes a day to meet the quota of two million people one day. So on an average, you would eat two pounds of meat a day. Pound in the morning. I know some of these fellas eat quarter pounders. Like I, <laughs> they don't eat just one quarter pounder. There's two. That's a half a pound. Then oh, whatever. So they would have to consume 4,000 buffaloes a day based on an average, two pounds a day per person. That would be 1,460,000 animals a year just to sustain 2 million people and multiply that by 40. I want you to see the vastness of the bounty of God's goodness. Can God do anything? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. If bones of Joseph can cause a people to plunder and leave Egypt, after seeing those bones for three, over 300 years. you say, why? 300 years? Well, because Joseph lived to be 140, or I'm sorry, 110. Jo, uh, Jacob was 140, I believe, or 145. So they looked at dry bones in a coffin, but they knew the prophecy of a prophet that said, "When God visits you, remember my bones." And because they believed in his prophecy of bones, there was a deliverance for two million people. If they can do that for bones, or they can look, Brother Bram said those bones was pointing to an empty tomb as a memorial. What should you and I be looking at now with an open book? Not bones. Not just an empty tomb, but the bleeding bloody lamb coming out of the eternities to open it up, to lead you to glory. If they can believe in bones, surely you can believe in the open book. It's going to translate you into another dimension. By faith, Joseph made mention. And by him making mention that God was going to visit him, quoting then Abraham, said that you'll be a stranger in a strange land for 400 years, and they believed their prophets. Surely, you should be able to believe Malachi 4, <laughs> Revelation ten seven. But did you notice Brother Bram never mentions Revelation ten eight? I just was throwing that out just for just to throw you out. Do you know that Brother Branham never mentioned Branham, seven letters? He said, never has there ever been an evangelist on the field with the last name of Graham, Ham, H-A-M, G-R-H-A-M, six letters. And I am always have been waiting since I first got saved. I want to hear Brother Branham say, but there's one that's got seven letters in it, and his name is Branham. Never. Never. Why? He leaves it to God making that real to you. The same way he leaves Revelation 10.8, the one who takes the book, And he said, John was a type of the bride that takes the book. And if you take the book, saints, and you believe what the book says, I'm ready for a translation. Amen. Amen. Because my Lord will meet my present need. Now we are the sons of God. Let me ask you a question in closing. Musicians, please come. Much more to say, but unfortunately I took too too slow, and forgive me. But who was prepared? Was Boaz prepared for Rahab, or was Rahab prepared for Boaz? He's a supplier of all your needs. So he's a God that works at both ends. God knew he needed a Savior. He already provided a Savior. Rahab needed a Redeemer, and God provided Boaz as a Redeemer. How about you this morning? What do you have need of? What do you have need of? Brother Bram said, You're going to let the devil lick you around? He said, Let the devil kick you around? So that troubles today. Christian person that's sitting here sick, if you only knew that you were sons and daughters of God, now living with Christ, not you will be, now you are the sons of God? I believe we had a tremendous, tremendous deliverance the other night. But I don't want it to stop there by the grace of God I want you to keep on saying he's the God the supplier of your every need now my Jesus knows just what I need he said all the devil's trying to do is scare you scare you out of something Why? Because you start trying to put it off for another time. Some other day. But you are now a son and daughter of God. And if you've got something that you so passionately want to see God move on your behalf, I want you to stand to your feet. Say, Lord, that person needs a healing. That person needs a deliverance. That person needs saving. That person needs God in their life. He's a God of the now. I'm not waiting for Sunday. I'm not waiting for Wednesday. I'm not waiting for tonight. I'm wanting God now. Now move, Lord don't put it off. He said, and don't let the devil kick you around. It's just the devil trying to scare you. I'm telling you by the word of the Lord and by what a prophet has spoken. Ask anything in my name believing. And don't start loosening up now, saints. Get more intense like you've never been intense before. Because this is where the devil will try to distract you. I want you to stay very, very focused. Very focused. Lord, Lord, Let me see your word. Some of you need to say, Lord, the prophet said, I need to pray for revelation more than anything else and say, Lord, I need to be more revelated. I need that word to become more real and alive to me. And you just want to lift up your voice. You want to lift up your heart. You say, God, reveal your word to me in a greater way. If I could hear about the omnipotence of God providing for Israel in a desert, you can provide for me at this little church at Cloverdale Bible Way. Do you not look at your circumstance? Do you not look in the emotion of a meeting? Just look by faith and say, I claim it for the glory of God. I claim it for the glory of God. The total, complete word of God is living in you and you have power and authority over every devil. Can I hear a People say, amen. I've got authority over you, devil, and you're not going to take any more of my ground. I'm going to bind you in Jesus' name. Brother Prime says, sometimes we're looking for something great to come. But you've already got it. That's why the scripture said, you ask and you shall receive. And today you lifted up your voice, you lifted up your hands, and you lifted up your heart. God saw you before you even lifted your hand. And he's going to meet it. He says, you're looking for something great. But you've already got it. The greatest thing he's given you is himself. Let's just hold it before the Lord as we bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, maybe a little broken up message this morning. But Father, we take you at your word. And your word is true. Lord, you've given a church of the living God authority over the enemy. And by the word of the Lord and by what you have spoken through the mouth of your prophet, you said, ask anything in my name, believing and you shall have what you ask. And so, Lord, from the youngest to the front to the oldest at the back, we take authority over the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind every unclean demon That would try to come into this church. We bind it for the glory of God. And we cast it out of here Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father you said ask anything in my name. I'm asking for wives. To be restored back to their husbands. I'm asking that husbands. Be restored back to their wives. Lord we're asking for children. To sit in their position. You said ask anything in your name believing. And so we're asking abundantly that our joy be filled. Lord there's some that are weak and sickly today. But I bind that sickness in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I believe that you're a healer. I believe you're a deliverer. I believe you can do all things this morning. And so, Lord, we're not going to leave this church the same way we came in this church. We are leaving this church a victorious people. Satan, we want to put you on notice. That not we will be the sons and daughters of God. We are now the sons and daughters of God. And we are going to fight you shoulder to shoulder with every brother and sister in this church. The word declares if one will send a thousand, then two shall send ten thousand. With about a 400 and some odd people here this morning, Lord. How many demons must be shaken this morning? Father, we just don't want them shaken. We want them removed. We want a church triumphant, Father. That stands on thus saith the Lord. And believes for the impossible. We thank you for Brother Eric, Lord, Courtney. We thank you for what you're doing. But, Lord, we want a complete healing. We thank you for Brother EBA. We thank you. We rejoice. We rejoice, Lord. No different, Lord, than John Ryan rejoiced. He rejoiced by his strife. I am healed. Lord, we are believers this morning. We will not be denied. Lord, Jacob wouldn't let you go. May there be a people here this morning that will not let the angel of the Lord go. Bless them, Lord. Bless them in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. By his stripes, my husband is healed. By his stripes, my wife's delivered. By his stripes, my sons will be sitting with me. Healer of the broken pieces, come amongst your people. Service after service. Lord, not to be a participant. Let everyone press into the kingdom. Hallelujah. He's a very present help in time of trouble. These are troubled times, my friend. They're going to get harder as the day goes on. But we got a God that will never leave you or forsake you. Hallelujah. We believe the true report. Hallelujah to the Lamb. We believe, we believe, we believe. This is the day that the Word himself is being unveiled to a people. Sister Diane, you can be delivered by the Word of God. Hallelujah. Doctors have names, but Jesus delivers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, young man. Just reach out to him. Say, Lord, you know my situation. You know the things that I watch and the things that I do. You need your deliverance or Satan will take you to hell. My Jesus is present right now, saints of God. He's here right now, but you're resisting him. Don't resist him. Receive him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This poor man cried. Hallelujah. Oh, this poor woman cried. Will he answer you? Yes, he will, Greg. He's answered you and will continue to answer you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Dan, why don't you come and help me sing that song? (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This poor man cried. just leave one scripture with you before we go one last scripture Isaiah 65 and 24 brother EBA Isaiah 65 and verse 24 brother Milkel Isaiah 65 and verse 24 and it shall come to pass that before they call I will answer. Hallelujah! Glory! 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 He has already done it! Before you ask, I've answered, I've given it to you. Walk in the promise. You're the sons and daughters of the living God. Hallelujah. Serious, Dan. This is serious time. It's what prayer meetings are all about to see a church start moving and flowing in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think you got to help me sing it again. Dan, you got to help me sing it again. Don't stand there. Don't just stand there. I'll have your big friend there push you. Hallelujah. Amen. Before you call, the answer is on the way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I sought the Lord. And he answered me always. song, again. don't worry.
4: Jubilee.
5: You know. That's all. Um.
3: Yeah, yeah. Sounds of freedom. Yeah. Listen, we're in jubilee, aren't we? This is why these all services are about, saints of God, to set us totally free totally Dan's going to help right now God bless you. I trust you've enjoyed the presence of the Lord, the word of the Lord, and what God's doing in your midst. We're thankful for this unveiled Christ that has come out of the pages of his book. And we can see him as a living word. God bless you for your faithfulness and those that have joined on the way of the hookup have tied in with us this morning. God be with you also. The creditor... Cannot take us. What's that creditor song? The creditor ain't gonna get us. What is it? Arise. That's what they're all about right now. Arise. Go. about that song I can tell the world I can let them know Jesus Christ is alive and he's living in me God bless you saints God bless you I won't hold you I can keep you here all day but that's fine too please greet one another give them the best handshake you can give them and say the best thing you can say God bless you you're dismissed in Jesus name